Welcome to the Everyday iRacers podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Rob. And we are Everyday iRacers, just like you. Welcome back, Rob. You've been away. I have. This is a, as good a time as any to offer explanation for the extended absence of the Everyday iRacers podcast. I haven't counted down the weeks, but it's probably been uh, five or six weeks since we... Has it been that long? Since we last had a podcast out. I was gone for a, a good long while. I was out of the country. But I'm home now, sitting in my rig. You're in my country. I was. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed your stay. Now, in fairness, I brought my computer because I wanted to fix it, and I got it fixed. And while I was away, we did record a podcast full <laughs> of lots of great stuff, uh, but I didn't get it edited, and now it's just old news. Yeah, so, the lost episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great to be back. I'll tell you, since I started iRacing a couple of years ago, I have not gone a month without sitting in a rig and racing a car against other people around the world. This was quite an extended break. So let me ask, while it's kind of still fresh, you've, you've mm -hmm. just gotten back a couple of days ago, absence makes the heart grow fonder or... I was really looking forward to getting back and racing. And as soon as I got home, one of the very first things I did was hook my computer up. I had suitcases lying around and cardboard boxes and stuff. But nope, my computer was connected to my rig and my cables were lying all over the place. And I jumped in and fired it up. So I was really looking forward to it. So okay. absence well, makes the heart grow fonder. I like that. Yeah, we, we missed you. I'm glad you're back. And what, what kind of made me smile, you had all these intentions of being very methodical and just, you know, easing back into it. And we both kind of saw F3s at Silverstone. And you <laughs> haven't really raced the F3, <laughs> but you jumped in. Like, I don't think you put on a light preserve. You just jumped in, jumped in yeah. the deep end. If we go back and listen to our last episode, this was before the season release. We were saying, oh, you know, this season, like you say, we're going to be more methodical, do some practicing first. You know, my IR has been, I think, a little bit low for where I should be in the iRacing world. A little bit. Tiny, tiny bit. If you say yeah. so. I don't want to sound like I'm being snooty about it, but yeah. <laughs> a little bit below. So that kind of got underneath my skin a bit that you were about two or 300 higher, <laughs> higher than me. Division and like, four right here. Yeah. Division five for you. Precisely. Shoe has been on the other foot, so I'm not going to get cocky. But <laughs> <laughs> So that didn't sit super duper with me. I mean, it's with a big smile on my face. Don't get me wrong, buddy. But agreed, wanted to be methodical. And I think that that lasted about 10 minutes <laughs> of you and I <laughs> connecting on Discord upon my return. I think that I sat down in my rig and you were like, hey, are you all set up? And I'm like, I'm all set up. Let's go do a race. What's up? <laughs> yeah. And, and I think it kind of highlights something that I wondered two years ago, which was at the beginning of the week, how do all these sim racers just jump into a race at Watkins Glen or Silverstone or, you know, perform fairly well right out of the gate? Because I was having to practice for days yeah. to kind of get up to speed on these tracks. What it showed me when we just jumped in F3 at Silverstone with no practice and, and did okay and had a great time and were competitive was we know the track and yeah. maybe we don't know it in that car all that well but it was no big deal I think knowing these tracks helps a lot knowing the break points knowing you know how to take the corners maybe not at a world-class level but good enough to get out there and enjoy it 
Yeah, when we started iRacing, you know, for the first year, basically, of learning all these tracks, and we weren't shy about buying new tracks, yeah, we were not going out and racing until Wednesday. We would practice on Monday, Tuesday, try and improve, and then Wednesday, we were, like, fed up, and we had to get in there and (laughs) do some racing. Yeah, because the week is starting to slip away from me at that point. Yeah, then we were worried everybody was going to get too good. You know, because <laughs> <There's> that tipping <laughs> point, <laughs> you're not good enough. And then all of a sudden everyone, else, yeah, yeah. It slips away from you. I think even still it does. It's almost worth doing a little look-see, seeing what lap times look like on a Monday versus on a Friday. I've mm. noticed that if I jump in, I don't know, a GT fixed on Monday and don't even think about it and just jump in if it's a track that I know, I have a better chance of getting top five when there's only one or two splits and i'm, I'm kind of thinking ah this isn't going to go so well i won't be in my with my people um but that's when i've done the best you know if i wait till thursday night or something yeah everyone else is practiced up yeah and i'm mid-pack at best you're above average now well at the moment i'm a 1550 oh, did you slip a little bit i don't know let me check my favorite app i schedule i'm a 1591 what are you before i went away on vacation I was something like a, I don't know, a twelve fifty or something, and it was a downward trajectory. Mm-hmm. Hence, feeling a little sheepish about how we were. Well, Division Four, I'm Division Five, right? But in the last two or three days since I've been back, I've banged off five <laughs> races, F three races at Silverstone, and I have gained a hundred and seventy six IR. So the answer to your question is, I am back up to a fourteen eighty four. That's very respectable. And yeah. more to come. So you just have to keep looking over your shoulder. I'm not that far off. Well, and not only that, I see a gold star next to your name here on schedule. I won one last night. F3, baby. <laughs> your new favorite car. <laughs> well, let's talk about F3. I enjoy it. I can, I, what I like about it is I can jump in as long as I know the track. I think yep. the F3 is almost the iRacing equivalent of just going down to your local karting track and jumping in just throwing the car around the track. You know, you can overdrive it, but you can also just keep it well within limits and have a great time. I mean, I was spinning out and doing donuts several times for the first couple of races. But the thing is, everybody else is too, or at least half the field is. This is just my observation of my two-year iRacing career, is if you could just mind your P's and Q's and not worry so much about being super fast, you're bound to kind of come out of this halfway up the field and not losing IR. I don't know if that's your observation. You've, you've gone to F3 quite a bit over well, the last couple you know, of years. I have, and, and I really enjoy it. I think it was the, the first open wheel car that I got in where it felt actually kind of fast because the mm. skippies are fun, but they're not, you don't get this overwhelming sense of speed. And as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, how could I find out how many races I've run in F3? I don't know. Is it 70? For me? It's five. Yeah. So I agree with you. It's a pretty accessible series. It's also pretty well populated. They have the fixed and the open. So it basically runs every hour. So you can finish one race and then just jump into the next one. And at least when I've been on, there's always a couple of splits on the go. Uh, So that's pretty appealing. The open wheels are kind of fun. They're very immersive Mm -hmm. and somewhat forgiving. It was good fun. What I was wondering is it's a C-class series, I think. Starts at C-class. And what I've noticed, at least, because I'm kind of bottom split, is it's a lot of C and some B. 
I don't know if when people graduate up the license class, they graduate away from F3 and they get into some faster cars or, you know, the IndyCar or road racing and that type of thing. Yeah. Well, I think the only two cars you can graduate up to, maybe IndyCar IR01 and the W12 F1. For IR01 open wheel. is dead. W12, I think, is now, you know, just drivers that really focus on that. It's not your casual racer. And IndyCar... IndyCar is a perfect sort of offset for F3. If you can handle an F3, you can handle an IndyCar. And IndyCar is, is almost like the slot car version of F3. You really you have to know how to drive a car fast, but it's not so overwhelming that you won't be able to handle it if you can handle an F3. And you and I have done a lot of oval Indy races, but I've done a decent amount of Indy road racing. A handful of circuits I feel comfortable at, Watkins Glen. I want to clarify right, that okay. I don't necessarily know how to drive a car fast. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> but I, I still have fun either. in the Indy. I still have fun in the Indy cars yeah. for sure. You yeah. know, talking about driving a car fast, one thing I've noticed about myself is that I might be in a race and I'm pushing to what seems to me to be the utmost of my ability. And then I look up and on race lab, I keep the fastest lap for everyone up there. Mm-hmm. And if everyone else is turning a 148, I'm turning a 149 as my fastest lap. I'm, I'm always like one second off the pace. Like the guys in front of me, the three in front of me will be a second faster and the three behind me will be a second faster. Th- this is why I'm gonna get some coaching. This is why I'm gonna invest some time in, in this. Now in qualifying, I was probably faster than a lot of those guys. I might've turned a 147 in qualifying. I'm actually thinking of a very specific scenario at Sebring over the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. What's wrong so, with you, Josh? I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm just being too cautious, not pushing right to the edge or the break points so I don't ruin my own race. Mm-hmm. Not staying yeah. too close to the edge of the cliff. Yeah. I don't know. But that's that's one reason why I want to get some coaching and uh, see if I can correct that. So have you arranged some coaching? Or is it just an idea that's percolating? No, it, well, it's an idea that's percolating, but I did take the first step. I've signed up for a session with David Sampson later this month. It's the sort of the, the sim rig assessment. And then if there's time left over, I think he'll do some, some light coaching to kind of get you started. I want to hear what he has to say about my rig and my settings and all those things. I don't want to assume I've got it all perfect. And then kind of start that conversation around what am I doing with my breakpoints that I shouldn't be? What am I doing with my turn in? I think my turn in is a lot of the problem. I think I'm turning in too early or too late or both. Or Well, I'm by no means a coach. Your IR is higher than mine. So, I mean, what do I know? For me, not uh, using up the full track is probably a big one for me. So not carrying enough corner speed, not knowing my track limits, leaving like an extra car width, that type of stuff. That's costing me a lot, I think. Yeah. And if it's a tenth or per corner, I don't want to loop the car on exit, right? There's all these things that can go wrong and mm-hmm. will go wrong if you do push it too far. Maybe it's a general overall <laughs> lack of mm-hmm. being able to maintain concentration for half an hour or 40 minutes. You know, because when we're racing and you're side by side other cars, I mean, it's exciting. That's <laughs> why we do it. Yeah. But you're on a knife's edge. And, you know, if you get distracted, because you're busy looking at your track map. Wink, wink, wink. <laughs> you That's one thing I'm afraid uh, David Sampson's going to look at my overlays and say, shut four of those seven overlays off. Exactly. Kind of like, uh, I'm dreading the conversation. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. You know, and we're most of the time when we're racing, we're talking to one another as well. I don't know how streamers do it. 
in a 4,000 IR race and they're staying there and they're looking up at their fourth screen, reading comments and laughing and joking with the, with people who are commenting yeah. on their Twitch. I don't understand how they do it. I can't do that. You and I have the ability to talk and drive, but you still need to keep that portion of your brain kind of fully engaged. <laughs> Last night I was going into the S's at Silverstone. You asked me a question. I just literally didn't, I didn't break and I drove straight across the, the second S. Like it wasn't even there. I'm chuckling at you because you're like, you and I have the ability to chat and race. And I'm laughing because with moderate success. Yeah. <laughs> now, last night, you and I were not racing together. And I was all by myself. Mm -hmm. And I won a race. Yeah. That's fun for a while. Right. Cool. Racing by yourself, doing well, kind of giving it complete focus. Mm -hmm. It's okay to do that for a night or two. Then it gets lonely. Coincidence? Well, we'll see if you win tonight. I'm going to sign off and you go out and race. See if you can. Yeah. We went off on a little bit of a tangent, but you were talking about your coaching and that you've taken the first step by signing up for sort of a rig assessment, a gear assessment, see how your pedals are working and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I want uh, to have input on all that stuff, right? I'm not assuming I've got it down perfect. I would encourage you to go online and pre-book your second appointment now. Uh, just, just a thought. For you to mm -hmm. consider, you're going to get your rig assessment done. You have a lot of stuff to talk about in your rig. I mean, you're on triple screens. You've got gear hanging all over the place, right? My so pedal's set to 80% max. You um, are yeah. going to use up all of your time on your gear, and then you're going to end up waiting another month for like a little coaching assessment. So mm. we I might have think... rain before I get my coaching assessment. <sighs> I need a rain session. I should practice what I preach because I was thinking the same thing. And we have another gentleman on our Discord who signed up for a coaching session. It was like a single session. And in that one single session, the coach just zeroed right in on how he was breaking into corners, like just taking off too much speed, going into a corner and showed him a few things. And then by the end of the half an hour, he had peeled off two seconds off his Sebring time. And he still felt there was another second to spare. So, I mean, I could definitely use it. You know, I've thought about this a, a decent amount. What track and what car will I use for the coaching session? Because I think you kind of get to pick. They're not going to force you to do Mazdas at Tsukuba or something like that. Have you thought about that at all? I Ooh. think mm. that my first choice would be LMP2 at Sebring because I've invested a lot of time there. And I think there's enough complexity and enough variety that there's a lot that I can learn. That'll um, tell the tale? I think so. I think that's a good place to start. At this point, you know, a month from now, I may have a different idea. I don't know what I would pick. I'd probably pick just whatever I was kind of doing that week because I would be somewhat familiar with it. The flip side is, I bet you if we were talking to a coach, they'd probably say, it doesn't matter. As long as it's a track, you kind of know. Because when they look at how you're braking and your telemetry and how you're turning in and how you're approaching any particular corner. My guess is it's glaringly obvious, like the same mistakes for every 1500 IR racer out there. Mm -hmm. Too hard on the brake going into the corner or something, you know, not trail braking or it's probably the same, <laughs> the same thing over <laughs> and over again. They're just reading a script. <laughs> <laughs> but I need to pay somebody 40 bucks to read that script to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. Keeping the uh, Speed Secrets book next to my nightstand hasn't helped like I thought it would. <laughs> I probably need to move it under my pillow. Maybe that'll help osmosis. You know, I did run Sebring while you were gone. Enjoyed it. Jumped in with some of our other uh, buddies on Discord. Had a great time. It was a little strange for me because I was just busy with real world stuff all day and kind of tracking them on their stream. 
and then just kind of came in for the last three stints. And uh, they had held down 11th all day. Sadly, I had a great first 15 laps. And then on lap 16, my USB cable kind of failed on my steering wheel, which is not the story of my life, but it's a continuing thread. Mm-hmm. Um, and I pulled over, and ultimately I had to tow. And I think we finished in 14th, maybe 13th. But yeah, lost, lost some spaces because of hardware failure on my part. But it was fun. It was fun. I, you know, one thing that I've noticed with we've done some some twelve hour races, and mm-hmm. we certainly also have done plenty of twenty four hour races. I think I like the twenty four hour races better. You kind of live in that world longer. You get to know the other cars. You're like, oh, here comes that twenty three GT three car again, or that LMP that pushed us last time. It's kind. You get to know the the personalities and live in that world just long yeah. enough that it starts to feel like home. When you did the 12-hour Sebring, what time did the race start for you? What time slot were you in? I did the third one, which in my time zone started 8 o'clock in the morning. Okay, so you were kind of like a Saturday 8 in the morning till 8 at night kind of thing. Yeah. See, for me, that time slot would kind of make me feel too guilty because it's prime busy weekend family time. Correct. That's partly what happened. So... Real world stuff, you know, kids, sports, and all the kinds of things that you end up doing sometimes occupied my day. And could I have blown all that off? Yeah, but I would have felt horribly guilty. Logistics would have been thrown off for the rest of the family. Yeah, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. on a Saturday, not not great. Because when we do me. the 12 hours, when you and I have been teammates, which we have been, which we still are, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for the other 12 hours we've done, they traditionally were kind of doing the 6 p.m. on a Friday night to like 6 a.m. in the morning, right? And you're kind of a night owl. I'm a night yeah. owl. You could be up until 3 o'clock, you know. I was up till occasionally. last time with a small nap, yeah. Yeah, but it's a Friday night, you know, so you can just recover on the weekend or, you yeah. know. It's kind of like you're, the week's over from work and Friday night you let loose sim racing for hours and then you can get on with your with your your busy family weekend, right? Now, some family members, last time we did that, what, five weeks ago, some family mm. members said I was grumpy. Uh, <laughs> the rest of the weekend, I didn't see it, but I was told 10 times. I don't think anyone in the family realized I stayed up till like 5.30 in the morning. And they so they never quite connected. They were just like, what is wrong with you? They never connected that I only slept for like two hours on Friday night going into Saturday. And I'm not going to tell them. That's so awesome. Yeah. Thinking about time slots, right? People that we race with, you and I, all around the globe, everyone's always trying to figure out what time slot works for them and their schedule and their teammates and all these things. I'm now realizing that that time slot three for a 12-hour race, which is in my time zone, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. for you, it'd be 5 a.m. to 5 p.m., still kind of cutting in. Not only are you getting up early or missing the first part of the race, you're, you know, tied up till dinner time. Yep. Not great. 24-hour race gives you the flexibility to jump in and out, kind of guilt-free, spend some prime time hours in your time zone racing guilt-free. Yeah, you can kind of pick whatever slot you want because it's 24 hours, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you're not going to sit in front of your computer for the whole 24 hours anyway. So, you know, you might as well just pick any old slot. Although, it's kind of nice to be there for the the start. Nice to be there for the start. Nice to be there for the finish. Nice to be there for the finish. And nice to have someone streaming it so you can kind of check in while mm-hmm. you're away, right? You want to know yeah, what's going on. You still totally. have a car when you get back. Yeah, I agree with you on all that. But I say this every podcast for crying out loud. Yeah. 
Anybody who's keen on trying the endurance races, because we're always talking about it, find a team and just do it. Even if you're strapped for family time and you can only find a two-hour slot, put together a team of eight people <laughs> and just go out and do it because it's a lot of fun. Well, that's that's the beauty of it, right? Yeah. You can have a whole bunch of people just chipping in a little bit. You can have two people trying to set sort of a personal goal of sitting in the car for 12 hours and everything in between. While I was away, it was probably on Reddit or something like this, or maybe it was on our Discord, but somebody was talking about how they spend the first five minutes before the race. Let me just clarify. Well, you and I register for a race, you're in a practice session, then you get your little green race button, it reloads iRacing, and you are put into a three-minute practice session before qualifying. What do you do with that time? Well, you have a lot of options. You can go get a drink, hit the pit stop yourself, you can jump in the car and start driving around the track, mm-hmm. fiddle with settings. Mm-hmm. I typically jump in the car and get in as many corners as I can. You're not going to have enough time for a full lap probably. What about you? Mm-hmm. You let her rip, huh? Oh, yeah. Jumping in uh, that car, running quick as I can. What about you? I I rarely do that. I almost always just sit there in the pits and make sure I have my setup my quality setup put in the garage and stay out of harm's way don't collect x's make sure my overlays are organized i'm just kind of getting organized like i say maybe the little biological pit stop before the race Mm -hmm. but i'm not often going out there and doing laps because well not laps doing corners because you can't get a lap in can't I'm, i'm boosting my sr but i'm also i'm like in my mind i'm practicing the first couple corners of what it'll look like for quality or probably not for the race because it's not gonna be a mm-hmm. bunch of cars but so i'm like all right i'm gonna get these last couple corners just in my head okay qualifying mm-hmm. obviously we all jump in the car we go out we qualify you finish your second qualifying lap what do you do let me just back up for a sec for your qualifying you have to do two fast laps mm-hmm. so the warm-up lap are you on the edge and the warm-up lap i'm i'm at like 90 percent mm-hmm. and then you know, I guess there's a banker and then there's the the hot lap where you're really pushing it. And honestly, I'm just pushing it for both of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, for better or for worse. What yeah. you, what's your... And then I finish and I just keep going, man. I'm like, this is free practice. I'm paying twelve ninety five a month for this. <laughs> We're so different. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, I'm going out at probably 80%. Minding my own business on the out lap. I think I probably should be just on the edge because it's good practice for that first lap of a race, right? Your tires are cold. You might as well get out there and figure out where the limit is for that opening lap. But anyway, I don't, 80%. And then the first lap, I'm usually giving her and hoping I don't get an X. And if I get an X, then on my second lap, I'm probably taking it down a notch just to make sure I get a quality time in. So quite a different, oh, and then when it's over, when I cross that line, or even let's just say I get an X in lap one and an X in lap two, I often won't even finish that second lap. Oh man. I'll take that downtime to go back to the pits, go to the garage, change my setup, get myself organized, talk myself off a cliff. No, I'm, I'm, I'm paying monthly subscription. I get everything I can out of this thing. <laughs> we're so different in that regard. <laughs> okay. Oh, All right. Well, while yeah. we're on this. Quali's over. It says race. It pops up and it's got a countdown to the race. Mm-hmm. How are you occupying that minute 50? 
well, just checking to make sure I have the setup and then just sitting around wait, <laughs> watching the timer click down, hitting my ready to race button if it shows up. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. I think it is like a minute 50. It's weird. It's not like two full minutes for some reason. I could be wrong. But how long do you wait to get in the car? Like, do I grid? Yeah. Oh, grid. yeah. I grid right away. I'm usually one of the first ones to grid. I'm not. I'm not. We are like absolute opposites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> opposites attract oh, um, like that's the time where I might take a quick bio break right because then uh, then I have some urgency around it and, you know, your, run second, back. your second one yeah right? it could be the my first second. one <laughs> the first one was during that three minute practice session yeah. right yeah yeah anyway and then I got to get my sim seatbelt back on all that stuff and I'm sitting here but if I'm just sitting here waiting for that countdown I'm probably checking my options make sure the crowd is set to low and the blah 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 the hdr is on i'm just kind of rechecking is there some new setting i hadn't noticed yet that's the kind of stuff i'm just poking around right yeah. that's the time i have to explore because it's focused ex exploration what this tells me is there is no right answer <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what i like is when uh people start talking just like good chit chat but focused chit chat it sets the tone for the race. That two minutes, that minute 50, when you can mm -hmm. hit the grid button, by the way, mm -hmm. if someone says, hey, you know, hey, welcome, everybody. It's going to be a fun race. How everyone doing tonight? You know, there, there's all kinds of vibes that can be set by just a handful of comments. Someone sometimes just grabs a microphone and takes over, and you're like, all right, enough from Timothy Lee 27. Let someone <laughs> else talk for a minute. But other times, it's just this good little banter, and then it continues throughout the race. How often do you think people say that about you? I'm not the first one to talk, are you? Uh, no, but I'll I will be the say, second. listen, I don't know if it was last night. might have been the night before in one of my F3 races. It was the first one that was not a fixed, so I went into an open, and my VRS wasn't working, or I wasn't logged into it. I didn't have my VRS set up. So I pushed the button upon grid, and I just asked them, hey, I, I don't have access to my VRS right now. Does anybody have any feedback for me on what the best iRacing baseline setup thing is? Like high downforce, low downforce, or whatever. Radio silence. I was like, geez, is my mic working? I asked again. Yeah. Nothing from anybody. Yeah. And I was like, come on. This isn't a friendly crowd. So I, I did. I, I kind of was a bit of a smart aleck, but I pushed the button again. And I was like... Okay, I guess I'll just go with baseline. <laughs> and then off we went. There's uh, 19 other guys. Anyone could have said something, and no one did. Nothing. I was like, come on. Now, I remember back in the day, someone would say, hey, does anyone know how much fuel on the Corvette? And I'm, yeah. maybe I'm in the BMW, and I, no one would say anything. And so, bless my heart, I would say, uh, hey, I'm in the BMW, so I don't know. But maybe someone else has. I see that someone has a Corvette up there. You know, you know, like I, I don't want to leave someone hanging. We're in, we're a community here. You don't want to leave a man stranded. Yeah. Anyway, that's all good. Can we have a quick chat about the new season? The new season. It's a bit old news. You know, we're like into week three now. Yeah, but we just started week three. It's new to me, so I came home and I picked up all the updates. I didn't see any new grass. No grass. No grass. No rain. No rain. Yeah. Should we just leave it at that? Yeah. I think the most important thing about the new season was no grass and no rain. I mean, there was some new stuff, right? There um, was. A couple of new tracks. The GT3 class, which is super popular and which you and I both like driving around in, had some improvements. Yeah. Aerodynamic did. improvements and tire updates and stuff. The thing with the tire updates and aerodynamics is 
I don't even know if I really feel it. Like, I'm not good enough to really understand or get a good feel for, you know, some of these changes. I'm sure they're for the better across the board. Makes it more realistic. Bring it on. Yeah. There's a constant evolution. I'm glad it's happening. Just not the big... It wasn't a headline change. There's a whole video on YouTube. I think a Mm. three-minute video. They they tell you all the changes to the GT3 handling and tire model. And you can go watch that and kind of get a flavor for what's new. But as you said... Mm probably won't even notice it in, mm-hmm. in just every you'll just have more fun racing because your car won't drive off the track as easily yeah i don't know if we really need to spend too much time on the new season because everybody's been basically driving around cars for the last two or three weeks under the new season yep. parameters uh but it wouldn't be a podcast if we weren't wondering where the grass was yeah no grass right okay now one thing that i did notice when i came back though was i had to redo all my settings yeah because I use this piece of software called iRacing Config. It's is an excellent tool that lets you save all your app.ini files and you can have different one for dirt racing and a different one with different graphic settings for road or one for VR and it's very easy to switch back and forth. Anyway, that's all gone. I kind of lost it all when I got the new update. And as you you know from the release notes, it's because they divided up the settings for VR versus monitors. And as a result, it kind of makes things better, right? So you don't have to cram everything into a single INI file. But it broke iRacing config. Good news. There's a new version that already addresses that. And it's out there. You can download it. We'll post the uh, link to our um, show notes on our Discord. But yeah, I've already grabbed it. Works great. All is well and, and right with the world once again. We can go back awesome. to managing our INI files with, I, with iRacing config. That is great to know, and I look forward to grabbing it. Version 1.3. Good stuff. Cool. All right. Well, Josh, that was a, a bit of a mishmash of topics, but I think we're kind of up to speed now, and we can get back onto a more, more regular schedule. So if you've enjoyed the show, please hit that follow button wherever you're listening to your podcasts. If you have comments, you can send us an email at everydayiracers at gmail.com. If you want to chat about all the same stuff that we talk about here every week, you can join our Discord. The link is in the description. We hope to see you on our Discord channel. And if we don't, though, we hope to see you on the track.